You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, preseason week two, getting fired up Thursday night, so we should talk a little bit about this Eagles-Patriots matchup. We'll get to the rest of the games from the slate and cover them all next week as well after the fact, but this is an exciting game, and Matt Williamson's official fantasy football rankings, these aren't for public consumption, but uh, I have a copy of this thing, and I've got some questions here, and it also will tie into what we saw on YouTube Wednesday evening, which was the live Locked On NFL fantasy show, which was a lot of fun, so that was really cool. Did you have a good time doing the show, Matt? A lot of listeners checking in. I definitely checked in. I didn't drop any questions or anything because I was actually had it dialed up on my TV, so I got to see Matt Williamson's face on the big screen in my living room. <laughs> I got a couple of things that, wow, you don't look like I expected you to, and it's not like <laughs> the first time I've ever been on video, but I don't do a lot of it. Face for radio here, obviously, um, but that was fun. It got a lot of good turnout. Check my Twitter timeline. There's a lot of quotes and little blurbs I said throughout the hour. But, you know, Vinny was great. Marcus was great. And Allie Bronson, who I knew a little bit from our ESPN days, organized the whole thing. And she's a remarkable addition to the Locked On Network. So she has a lot of ideas and probably see more and more of us going forward. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more fantasy today because I know a lot of folks are gearing up for their fantasy drafts. I'm actually in the middle of our Locked On NFL Dynasty League draft, so I want to drop mm-hmm. some nuggets on you. In fact, let's start there. That's a perfect yeah, tie-in because I just – so we're in the middle of this I'm draft. I'm so mad I didn't get in that league. It's your own fault, Matt. You it had an opportunity. You had the opportunity, and that would have been fun. It was fun offered to-, to me, and there was, there was these, there's this whole league of hyperactive stuff that I had two teams in this hyperactive league. And they all closed down this year. And the reason I didn't join the locked on one is because I was just too thin. But now I have two fewer teams to worry about. I would love to be in that thing. So I'm hoping one of the teams bails out and gives me a terrible orphan team that I can try to rebuild. Well, you're first on the on the wait list if there is good, an good. orphan team in the locked on NFL dynasty. I hope I have a little clout. We're only into year two. We're actually in the middle of our draft. And by the way, at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL, if there's a ton of interest on on doing a a, a redraft league maybe this year I wouldn't be against it Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock against the world against the listeners that'd be oh I want my own team I'm not co-hosting I'm not oh no 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 I would never I, you know, okay. no. we, we're both we we are both top of the mirror pyramid type of um, fantasy owners Alpha I would dogs. imagine that, yeah that would be tough that would that would be very tough but we also agree quite a bit so it might not be that difficult True, but maybe I have some sneaky things I don't let everyone yeah, know. Yeah, your strategies that you, uh, you try to you, you try to even do that when we're on the air, just uh, willy nilly drafting players here and there, <laughs> trying to sneak by stuff with me with me with your strategies. Um, and, and so I want to dip into your fantasy rankings. I'll ask you right now, really quick. Oh, real quick though, that fantasy league you brought up is something I would be 100 percent in for, but you, neither one of us is commissioning it. Just yeah, FYI. I don't really want to commission <laughs> it. it. So if there's an uh, enterprising listener out there that wants to fire it up and, and do a Peacock and Williamson league of only Peacock, Williamson, and about 10 listeners, I'd be down for that. Yeah, we'll take donations to get in the league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Eagles Patriots tonight. There was a yeah, nice yeah, yeah. little game in preseason week one for running back Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. Big back. I saw somebody, I think it was Joe Marino, uh, who does the Draft Dudes podcast right here on the network and is also part of the draftnetwork.com. He called Ramondre Stevenson LeGarrette Blunt 
but faster. And faster LeGarrette Blunt is somebody that I'm excited to have on my fantasy team. So in uh, and I have the second pick in our rookie draft in the Locked On NFL Dynasty League. And three dot two, I drafted Ramondre Stevenson. How do you feel about? that pick for me because I'm scrambling for running backs. I thought I was going to get Najee Harris in round one because it's a two quarterback league and and Luke from Locked On Vikings was drafted number one. I thought he would go Trevor Lawrence for sure because he's hurting at quarterback and no, he went running back. So I surprised myself even by going tight end at pick two and ended up with Kyle Pitts because uh, Bo Brock stole uh, George Kittle from me in the expansion draft. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't want to get too deep into my personal roster on this thing. I'm mostly asking the question about what do you think about Ramondre Stevenson? He impressed me in his first NFL work. Me too. And I liked him a lot coming out of school. I know he's not an extreme tester and all those things, but he's a bowling ball type back. He catches the ball better than people realize Belichick obviously had a fondness for him, went a little earlier in the NFL draft than I expected. And as a result, just talking dynasty rookie drafts, I own him in every one of my fantasy, every one of my dynasty drafts. And I got him right about in that neighborhood. You took him, if not later, because back then nobody had seen him even you know play in a Patriot uniform. So not coincidentally, this week I've gotten about 10 offers in my leagues for Ramondre Stevenson, you know, offering me garbage for this guy like I don't know who he is <laughs> and didn't accept any of them or even really even counter because I like him quite a bit. And I like Harris as well, but I don't think Harris is a special player in, in New England. Not that Stevenson is. I think Michelle's on his way out. And I think this guy will have a role behind a great line and what I expect to be a very good rushing offense and an injury away from being an easy every week starter in fantasy and a long-term dynasty asset. So it, it, it's interesting. It doesn't sound great, but I have him as my 19th overall rookie and I keep bumping him up, bumping him up. So I value him kind of the middle of the second round in terms of rookies right there with like, Zach Wilson and Amon St. Brown, those type of guys. I just think there's a pretty clear path because I think Sony Michelle's really bad. Yeah, Sony Michelle's. I, I just there's not enough impediment on the roster currently, and an injury yeah. here, or there, and boom, all of a sudden you've got a superstar rookie for uh, you know, and like like you mentioned, so he's got size to be a short yardage guy. He's got hands. I was impressed by his feet at his size in that game. Like Good he feet. was yeah. hitting the holes and showed a little juice on that long touchdown run too. So uh, not a bad combination of skills to have. And definitely you could see Bill Belichick saying, yeah, you know what? I kind of like that guy. I would imagine he leads the team and carries tonight, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, not that Harris is some, Barry Sanders, superstar, you need to rest. And we will see a lot of the ones this weekend, which is great. But I would play Stevenson like crazy if I were them. Um, You mentioned the long speed. That shocked me. I wouldn't get used to that, though. I don't think he's breaking off a lot of 50, 60, 70 yarders. It wasn't against the starters or anything like that. Uh, And, you know, he's a 4'6 guy, which is fine when you're 230 pounds. Mm -hmm. So enough speed, which is, you know, sort of just a box you can check off. He's not a complete, complete plotter at his size. No, and he can get outside, he can get to the corner. Uh, I like that you mentioned his his feet. I think his feet are lighter and quicker than you would think from somebody built the way he is. So, yeah, I'm very excited about him. Um, A fantasy note, though, and this goes probably for Harris more than Stevenson, is you want Mac Jones to win that job because that's a lot of short yardage touchdowns that Cam steals from your back. Mac Jones 
was impressive. He only started 17 games in college at Alabama and had his team was so much more talented than every team he faced when he was starting those games in college. But he looked pr- pretty darn pro ready in his first work last year. Do you think it's a legitimate chance? I didn't really think and I thought it was going to be Cam for at least a while to start this season. Do you think we could see that start to shift? Maybe Max starts to work a little bit more at the ones. Maybe he could take that job from Cam sooner than later, potentially even before week one. Like, that's the matchup to watch in this preseason game tonight, right? I think he's the player to watch without question tonight. Uh, although, so is Jalen Hurts. I mean, Hurts has only played four games as a starter, so he's not much different than a rookie, to be very honest. So those two quarterbacks that you know once were at Alabama – are really interesting tonight without question. I think both of them should operate behind a very good offensive line, assuming they're out there with the ones to some degree. I can't imagine Jones being the week one starter. I mean, I'm giving that like a 10% chance. He he was exactly as advertised in the first game. I think he will be in this one, but that's also not going to be jaw-dropping Mahomes in practice, blow you away, we have to get him on the field type of stuff. It's just not who he is. You know, Fields, Lance, those guys are just blowing everybody away. Unless Newton's really struggling and is flat-out done, you know, can't – his body just isn't holding up anymore. I think Jones is going to have to wait his turn just because it's hard – It's I always have mixed feelings about this. It's just so much easier to put the veteran in and bring the rookie off the bench right. than start with the rookie and have to pull them because then it gets messy. And I don't know if that's even the best way to manage these things or Belichick gives a crap one way or another about those things, but <laughs> it, it's just the way the league works. It's just the way it works, and especially with coaches, and they're hard-nosed guys, and you've got to know so much in an NFL offense for a rookie to know, and if you're not perfect with your setting the protections and getting the ball out against certain blitzes and things like that, then uh, I think it's just too easy for a coach to say, well, this guy knows more of the offense. He knows what's going on, and let's let the rookie sit for a little bit longer until they're really forced to into the season. So I would imagine almost all those jobs, it's going to be Dalton and Garoppolo and Cam Newton in week one. And I think all three trust. of those guys. It's all about trust. Right. And it might not last long for all those guys, but if I had to put money, I'd put money on the veterans starting with all those teams. I, I would too. And I understand it. Um, I think Denver's an interesting conversation, though, because Locke has played more than these guys. And he looks like he's certainly the more talented player. I guess all the young guys are, basically. Um, I wonder the Locke-Bridgewater conversation, though. I mean, you could go back and forth with them. Yeah, and Bridgewater's supposed to get the start this week. Let's uh, let's save that one, actually, because uh, that's yeah, we'll for tomorrow's show when we preview the rest of the games and, and our favorite games that we're going to be watching over the course of the weekend. My last note on this Patriots-Eagles game is that first-round wide receiver Devontae Smith has been back in 11-on-11 team drills and is set to make his debut for the Eagles tonight. So I'm super pumped for that. I was a little bit bummed. I was hoping the injury might let him drop down to round 2.2 for me in my Dynasty League, but he got taken right at the end of round 1 because that would have been pretty sweet. I ended up, the same thing ended up happening with Rashad Bateman, and I did get him in 2.2, and I I love Rashad Bateman too. But Devontae Smith was my number one receiver in this draft. Uh, I'm really excited to see him tonight. Yeah, me too. All right. I didn't love him coming out of school. I mean, I didn't make any bones about that. That size worries me without question. But I certainly recognize that he does get off press man coverage really well, which you'll probably see a lot of tonight now that I think about it with the Patriots in town. You know, good corners, you know, banging them around. I hope him, uh, all those guys play. And his production and what he did on tape is just remarkable. So he is also my number one. Well, he's my number two uh, rookie wide receiver. I have Jamar Chase ahead of him. 
but I do have him ahead of Waddle. As much as I love Elijah Moore, I can't put him over those guys quite yet. Yeah. Good move on Bateman, by the way. I'm targeting him too because he's injured. People let him drop. I don't care. I mean, oh no, I, you I, remember I Odell know. Beckham's rookie year? I stole him in so many fantasy leagues that year, and, mm. and like he went more crazier than I thought he was going to. But he was injured, and it was like, ah, he's not going to start the season. He's kind of hurt, and he fell so far, especially in redraft leagues. And uh, that was a huge league winner type of a move for me that year. In 2014, it was, yeah. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. I mean, you got to think big picture on these guys. He, I mean, my thoughts with a guy like Bateman is the chances, even if he was 100% healthy, what's the chance I'm going to check the box on Sunday morning in week one that he's even going to start for me anyway? So why do I really even care that he's missing a month if I can get him at a discount? Right. As long as you've got other wide receivers to start, which I do, I'm pretty stacked at that position. You can let him hang out and he was getting such rave reviews in camp yeah. too before that. So it's just a free little discount and he shouldn't have been there for me to draft at that point. So yeah, I like, I like stealing Rashad Bateman right now. Since you're in the middle of a rookie draft, I have one guy I don't know where to put and I want to go a little off script here and just ask you what you're doing with Michael Carter. You know what? Hold on. Let's pause on that. I'll tell okay. you exactly okay. what I'm doing with Michael Carter. We'll get into your fantasy football rankings and a couple of listener questions that were overflows from yesterday's show next. All right, let me talk about rockauto.com. They've been a really good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, at a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you're looking for. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. They know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Matt, you asked the question about Michael Carter and he went right in that same range where he went actually the pick right after I drafted Rashad Bateman and he was somebody I I, bet, yeah, he's, just because of my position at running back and I knew I was light there, that was somebody I was going to have to consider in the second round It was and it's a two quarterback league so it was between um, Mac Jones and Rashad Bateman and Michael Carter there for me. Trey Sermon had already gone in, in late round one, and I'm sure you like Sermon more than uh, more than Michael of Carter. All those guys, yeah. yeah. So I went with Rashad Bateman, and it, it, those three players I just mentioned went one, two, three. So it went Jones, then I went Bateman, and then uh, Michael Carter was the very next pick. But I don't love Michael Carter. I actually like him more in redraft leagues than dynasty leagues because I think the Jets are eventually going to find uh, an early down back to pair with them if that back isn't already on the roster. And I don't love what's on the roster currently. So I actually like as a rookie, how much work Michael Carter could get. I just don't think he's an every down back. I think he's more of a third down type of back. So I'm not really targeting him in keeper leagues because I think there's going to be somebody else over the top of him eventually with the jets. But this year, I think there's a nice little path for him and he's not going that high in drafts. I think he's somebody that you can 
plug and play and you know and cover for some bye weeks and, and be a valuable asset for your fantasy team but I'm not huge on Michael Carter because I just don't think he's ever going to be an every down guy and and those are the types of players I'm targeting as someone that could be more than just a third down sort of a back in the NFL I think we agree then because here's my take on him and actually Carter and Gaskin in Miami are two guys that I probably made a rookie mistake with and overreacted to their usage in their first preseason game because both didn't get a lot of run with the ones. And, you know, there's a little bit of negative buzz about both players. So I dropped them to the early 30s in my redraft running back list. But I do like Carter a lot more in redraft than I do Dynasty because I agree with you. I think the Jets feature back is in college right now. You know, that this is a long-term rebuild. It's a smart front office. They're not going to go draft the guy high until everything's in place. That's the last piece of the puzzle. But my concern is, I mean, you hear like Eckler comparisons. I don't see that kind of juice. I don't see that kind of receiver. He's the Michelob ultra, ultra version of Eckler to me, even on his best day. And the thing that really worries me, and this is more redraft, is – it profiles well. Jets will be losing a lot. He'll be out there catching passes. Great. But he was not good in protection at the college level. And they are not going to put a back out there with their second overall pick that's questionable in protection. That's a good point. And that's the the, the big hurdle for every rookie running back. It and it's is. funny that you bring up Gaskin because he's actually on that dynasty team I have. And, and I was mm. excited for him to be sort of a dirty starter for me there and know that at least I could lean on him to start some games for me as I tried to build a better running back group on my roster. But the usage for him in the preseason game, number one, blew my mind because he's definitely the best yeah. running back on the roster for the Dolphins. And maybe we'll see that switch here in week two. But that was a tough one. And Miles Gaskin had a big stock down because of that, even though I think he'll end up winning the job and being the guy there again, like he was last year. He wasn't at the top of the depth chart this time last year either for the Dolphins. And he's just you know, kind of solid across the board. I like Gaskin more than Carter. And it just means that if Gaskin falls in drafts, I'll probably end up drafting him in a lot of leagues and, and maybe not starting him early in the year until he takes that job back over. But um Malcolm Brown at, you know, at, was it nine carries for eight yards? I mean, what are they doing in Miami? I don't really get what they're trying to do at the at the running back position there. No, and they could be another one. I mean, just big picture, their, you know, feature runner might be in college this year, too. I mean, supposedly they were really mm -hmm. interested in Najee Harris and Javante Williams. There wasn't enough of those guys to go around, so they didn't, they got, you know, shut out on that. I, I wonder if Gaskins could have got about one more year of production. Looking at your running back rankings, since we're already there, I think okay. I'm seeing someone who's taken a big tumble for you. And again, based on week one preseason usage, and I'm going to be watching the Jaguars very closely, is Travis Etienne. And I hope he I continues to fall because I'll still keep drafting him. But right now you have to drop him in your rankings and you got him behind Trey Sermon even now. I mean, this is a first round running back going this late in fantasy drafts right now with a guy who's this talented, who can catch the ball and potentially be an every down back for a team. Why the hell was Carlos Hyde getting touches in front of him? Is this an old school coach saying, rookie, you got to go from the bottom up on the depth chart? Because um, you couldn't come away with anything other than stock down for Travis Etienne and stock up for James Robinson after watching that first preseason game. Yeah, yeah, it's 100% true. And I didn't bump Robinson, but I dragged down Etienne a little. I will preface this by saying, unfortunately, because my high school friends are cavemen. This is geared towards non-PPR, so this is my one redraft league that I go away Labor Day weekend, have a blast with my buddies, 
but we can't, you know, I can't convince anybody that PPR is, quote, the wave of the future. I mean, we we listen to Zeppelin and Guns N' Roses and nothing ever changes, you know, so that's fine by me. We've been in this league for 30 years. So this is non-PPR ranks. I have ATN 24. I kind of wonder if I made another rookie mistake and overreacted to one week of preseason about a rookie because I do like the player a lot. And he's been, you know, one of your guys kind of in this neighborhood, if not earlier. And I, I love the way you preface that all off season, but it's a little hairy and boy, that coaching staff just makes me raise an eyebrow. I mean, first of all, the Tebow thing, it's a college staff coming to the NFL, which I always sort of look at with a side eye. Uh, because there's not a great track record there, even with some of the all-time greatest college coaches, right, which Urban Meyer is among. So Same that does there, worry right. me a little bit. I do like the idea of Urban Meyer saying he wants the Jaguars offense to go faster, and so there might be a lot of touches to go around for everybody. But the cream rises to the top, so give me all the Etienne stock, and I hope he continues to drop so he's even cheaper when I do draft him in, in my fantasy football leagues. But now I have to ask you this. I mean, this is... Which kid do you like better, Sermon or ATN? ATN, yeah. Sermon was, I mean, Sermon didn't pop to me in that first preseason game. Mm -hmm. I think he's solid. He's a Shanahan back, but there's a lot of mouths to feed there, and I still think he's the 1B to to Raheem Mostert there. And if Mostert's healthy, Mostert should get most of the carries. He's just a bigger playback, and he's so dynamic. And he's like six yards per carry in Shanahan's offense. It's crazy. And Sermon looked a little bit more like a plotter in that first preseason game, more so than someone who's going to go take a a job from someone like Raheem Mostert if he's healthy. But if Mostert goes down, then Trey Sermon is going to be super valuable for the whole year. But then they have some other players to filter in. So it might be a committee backfield no matter what in San Francisco. So that's that's the pause on Sermon for me. I guess I understand that. I mean, I liked Sermon a lot coming out, and a lot of it was all my research for through a Steeler perspective. Like, if they don't get Najee, I'd really like Javante Williams. I don't think ATN fits. Sermon's the only other guy that I would be down that road if I were the Steelers' front office. And I like him a lot as a receiver. I think he brings a lot to the table. But he didn't blow you away in preseason one. And I keep overlooking Mostert. I mean, I have him pretty low on this list. And it's just because I don't trust them to stay healthy. But you and I were talking off the air. Who do you trust to stay healthy on this list? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) backs that don't stay healthy is not uh, an elite fraternity. There's not a single name on this running back list that I trust to to stay healthy. And by the way, yeah, yeah, Sermon in the third, I could have absolutely seen that for the Steelers. Right, right. I mean, that was like the fallback. It's a good point, though. Sermon does have nice natural soft hands too so he could be a complete every down back he just might not be a game breaker type of back who's going to end up being an rb1 in fantasy football leagues but he's he could be huge in kyle shanahan's offense if raheem mostert does get hurt um so speaking of guys who haven't got hurt yet in their career derrick henry uh i'm going to ask you the question in in just a second about the very top of your running backs then we'll move on from running backs talk about some other position groups coming up and finish up this thursday episode of peacock and williamson It's that time of year again. We're talking fantasy football. All eyes are now turning back to the NFL as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000. NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% percent 
welcome bonus using promo code Locked on. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. Season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, horse racing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, use promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. At this point, it's almost like Christian McCaffrey and maybe ten running backs. Derrick Henry hasn't got hurt yet, so it's like he's a different dude. So, do we treat him like a different dude? And is he RB two? No matter what, just because of how beastly he is, or is he just in that same group as everybody on down to like? Nick Chubb at 12, and even beyond that, all the way down to guys like J.K. Dobbins and Chris Carson. Like, how do you even rank these guys? It's hard to plant a flag unless it's a PPR league for someone like Alvin Kamara or Austin Eckler, which kind of changes things. I mean, the running backs at this point is almost like it's Christian McCaffrey and everybody else. And by the way, McCaffrey's coming off a huge injury, too. Yeah, and we had a good conversation, as you can imagine, on the YouTube show last night. And... I don't feel strongly about this at the moment, and I keep wish, being wishy-washy about it. And to me, that's what fantasy is all about this time of year. I don't have to have the right answer now, but I'm gathering information, looking at it from as many angles as possible. I think McCaffrey and Cook are one and two no matter what. But McCaffrey's coming off a huge injury, and Cook's been injured every step of the way. You know, So I hold it against Henry a little bit, thinking – the way this guy runs, the immense workload, the curse of 360 from football outsiders, he's going to break down. But I don't hold it against Cook or McCaffrey, or for that matter, Mixon or Barkley, or, you know, why aren't I crushing all those guys when Henry's been healthier than all of them? You know what I mean? So I have Henry third in non-PPR. I have Kamara fourth, and I flip-flop those two in PPR but maybe Henry should just be one, especially the non, and just yeah. watch him score a bunch of touchdowns and beat up on the Jags and Texans. Yep, non-PPR, Henry is, is RB2, I think. Uh, and then in Alvin Kamara, maybe behind Cook in, in PPR leagues, you're right. I think that's absolutely the way to do it. That's the way I would do it. I, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to take up the whole show talking about running backs. I want to go to quarterbacks here. You mentioned a little bit of that with Hurts. Do you draft guys like Justin Fields and Trey Lance just because – of what they could be the second half of their rookie seasons. And as soon as, basically, let me put it this way, as soon as Justin Fields becomes a starting quarterback, I want him more than Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts could be a right. pretty darn good fantasy quarterback because of his legs this year. Yeah, I mean, Hurts is the modern recipe for great fantasy quarterbacks. I think their offense will be gen- better. I mentioned their their line hopefully is somewhat healthy. So I think his supporting cast, and I think that line can be quite good should be a lot better than it was last year. I mean, Wentz and Hurts really did nothing, had nothing around them last year. I don't think he's a great passer, but that's really far down the list in terms of fantasy value. I mean, that doesn't matter that much, to be honest with you. But you're right. I mean, if I knew, if if a blurb comes out the second we stop recording that Lance and Fields are your week one starters, I would put them ahead of Hurts and they would be in my top 10. I agree. I think they would both be QB once as soon as they step on the field as starting quarterbacks. The question is, do you have them ahead of 
I'd put him ahead of Hertz. Do you have him ahead of Tannehill and Stafford? And here's the other one. You have Justin Herbert pretty low at quarterback at nine overall. Were you not a believer of the rookie season? Do you think that maybe uh, you shouldn't expect just that incremental gain again in year two and him be even better in his second year? Because if he is, you're talking about him top five, probably ahead of Dak Prescott, who, by the way, is hurt right now again. Yeah. Here's my early take on quarterbacks. Is Mahomes is one, but I think that there's a group of five Murray, Lamar, Allen, Prescott, that are, that are the, 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 you know, give you an advantage every week. I adore Russell Wilson, especially for where he's going. To me, he stands alone as a tier two guy. And then Herbert's been tough for me because it's Herbert versus the old man, old men Hall of Famers, Rogers, Brady, Herbert for me for tier three. I just trust the two old men a little bit more. I just think Brady might throw 45 touchdowns, you know, with those receivers. I know he's not going to run one bit, and Rodgers is just awesome. So that's why I guess I'm, quote, low on Herbert. Is He's way more unproven, obviously, than Brady and Rodgers. And, yeah, he'll run, but uh, it's just eight really good ones ahead of him. I mean, it's not a knock on Herbert. I would invest in him left and right, especially in, like, dynasty leagues. And then you get to that Hurts athletic guy, young guy tier. But Tannehill and Stafford are great fallback plans. Like if I would go even Brady, like Tannehill, Brady, Stafford, and then I'm taking a field or a Lance quickly after. Right. So, yeah, essentially you're you're kind of going to be drafting QB9 or so in your fantasy league yeah, is what you're yeah. trying to say. And then maybe follow that up with Unless a, I get a high upside rookie. Because Wilson falls, and I jump on him every time. Because okay. I think he should be ranked a little higher. Gotcha. Let's talk wide receivers here. And I'm seeing, which is which I love. This is one of the things we see eye-to-eye on is second-year wide receivers. And that was uh, an all-time class. There are some really good players. A lot of them look really good as, as rookies. There, there was rookie wide receivers at 800 yards that nobody really batted an eye about. And normally, we'd be making a huge deal about some of those things. Guys like uh, Jerry Judy and, and CeeDee Lamb. And you do have CeeDee Lamb in your top 10 Wide receivers this year, which I love. So uh, C.D. Lamb high. You have him above guys like Mike Evans and Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen and his teammate Amari Cooper. Then you have Jerry Judy at 21. You got him ahead of guys like Odell Beckham and uh, another rookie, Brandon Ayuk, at 25. So you are certainly bullish on those year two wide receivers, it looks. Without question. And I also like Ayuk and Claypool and a lot of that whole class. Yeah, oh, yep. Question. Let's get Claypool in there. And yeah. here's an interesting one. I mean, you're the Steelers guy. You have him back-to-back. You're kind of hedging here with Dante Johnson and Claypool. You have him back-to-back, 22 and 23. You have Johnson one spot ahead of Claypool. It's really tough, to be honest with you. And I just think Johnson will get a lot more targets. He's always going to be the target monster, but Claypool's going to have more big plays, more touchdowns. So they're really close to me. Um, it's funny because we kind of ended last night's show with kind of like plant a flag guy. Who do you have way over ADP that you're leaving most of your drafts with? And my answer along these lines was Jerry Judy, who I have as my 21st receiver. He's usually going as like a 34, 35 ish, something like that, you know, borderline starter. To me, I think he could be a wide receiver one a year from now. I just think he is a phenomenal football player. I, with all respect to Lamb and Ayuk and Claypool and all those guys we talked about, Judy was my favorite receiver coming out of that draft class, and I don't care about the drops. I love the route running. I think he's a total package. Yeah, his quarterbacks could be better, obviously, 
but he's going to get a ton of targets and he's just a great player. I think he's a wide receiver too for fantasy, which is way above board and I'm getting him everywhere. Tight ends. You have Darren Waller over George Kittle, which is just immense disrespect. You have to, you have to uh, explain I don't sleep here. well at night because of that. <laughs> I have to be honest. Kittle's like my favorite player in the league. I mean, I, I, I it hurts me to have him at three. He has to be behind Kelsey, and I fear deep down in my soul that Kittle's going to shove it in my face this year and be the tight end one. One year ago, I was often asked, who's the best offensive player in the league that's not a quarterback? And I, without hesitation, always said George Kittle. But he misses time, and I just wonder how much of the passing pie will belong to him as opposed to Waller. Waller's going to get such a, a, a target share. And Kittle's play style, he's so physical and he's such a good blocker. Oh. And you don't get fantasy points for blocking. And that's, you know, where he starts to get dinged up a little bit because he's so physical and he's a physical runner Nasty. after the catch, too. So I understand. Uh, I would personally have him, too. But but I get why you would have him three from a fantasy perspective. And then it's Hawkinson and, Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts. Like, Kyle Pitts, are you betting he's... So we're, we're talking about three tight ends. We're going we're gonna to be talking about four tight ends next year at this time, right? Probably, although I think Hawkinson is being slept on a little. I mean, okay. this guy was a top 10 pick who I adored coming out of college. Has gotten better every step of the way. Talk about target share. He may catch 90 balls, too. You know, so frankly, Pitts versus Hawkinson has kept me up at night, too. I go back and forth on those guys. I, I think Pitts is a total superstar. I just think Hawkinson's a little further along and less competition for targets. And we don't have to go into the homerism of uh, Pittsburgh's defense being ranked number one for you. So let's let's skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was torn, though. But, I mean, drafting or grabbing Schobert put them over the football team for me. They were going back and forth. I know it's a little thing. Uh, Tampa's also in the elite tier for me. Three defenses I like a lot. Real quick, a couple questions I wanted to get to yesterday that we did not. Mr. Controversy himself asked the question about sleeper and then player falling off the the charts this year and we've already talked about a lot of sleepers so any major players you see having a fall this year is there like that guy that you that's in on none of matt williamson's fantasy rosters no i i i, I, I that's a tough question for me because uh, they asked that last night too and i took a very cheap way out and said pat mahomes because i'm not gonna be the first one taking a, a quarterback you know they asked me What's the earliest you take Pat Mahomes? I said, like, the sixth round, which I know he goes in the second. Right. So he's not going to be on my team. Do I think Pat Mahomes will fall off a cliff? No. I think he'll be the best player in the league again and again and again and again. So that doesn't count. There's several I worry about. I mean, I'm just looking at this group of runners. Zeke. Barkley? Um, Barkley. Barkley Carson. worries the heck out of me right now. Yeah. We talked about him last night, and I said, in the end, I want someone else to take Barkley before I'm on the clock, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and somebody time. else falls to you instead. Yeah, exactly the way I feel about it. And I feel that way about Tom Brady at quarterback, too, because I he's not going to go above what we know he is, but there's a chance to age at some point. I know he's a different freak of nature type of guy. At some, you know, That's why I'm like, I'll take Herbert over Brady, because there's there's something else there that could— that, that, that I could get that value on. So, um, you know, for me, Brady is the type of guy who's not going to be on any of my teams, which might be stupid because you can just get him and plug him in and be like, cool, I'm set there. 
Yeah, and we kind of talked this earlier. If I end up with Brady, which I'm not going to go out of my way to get, but if he's the value and that's my quarterback, I'll probably snatch up Fields or Lance pretty quickly behind him. It's a good strategy. I like that. How about this from Nick on Twitter? He said, Williamson, give us the update on watching football with your son. Last I heard, you had him on a question pitch count. Is that changing as he gets older? <laughs> so you, you basically tell him, like, oh, look, I'm trying to focus on these games. You get one question per quarter. Is that what's going on? That's sort of ancient news. I think that we've, I probably had that conversation even before you joined the podcast, to be honest with you, because my son now is, geez, on Tuesday, is going into high school. He's an old man. He's uh, almost almost six feet tall. He's been hitting the weights. I mean, he's like a man now. So um, we have not watched preseason together because, frankly, I have to watch the Steeler games in the studio so I can do the postgame show. And, yeah, there's been games on and we're watching, and he does a mock draft for his fantasy league every day and asks me questions. But trust me, when week one rolls around, we'll be glued to red zone Steelers, everything we can consume. And he is not on a pitch count. But for about the first 10 years of his watching career with me, I knew it was laying the foundation of where we are now that he'll know his stuff. But he used to make me a little crazy because the questions would just come rapid fire all the time as like a six-year-old. Maybe that's in your future. Maybe you're just getting down to that, too. Now I think about it. You're not too far away. <laughs> yeah, he's. He gets excited. I when could never kick him out of the room. You know, oh, no. Just because I didn't want him to discourage him, but I wanted to. Yeah, it's like, okay, stop. But, like, he just gets excited about football. and He just sees the ball in the air, and he's like, oh. And he sees someone get tackled, and he kind of gets worried. He's like, oh, no, what happened? <laughs> so it's really funny. But he gets he likes the, the team names. You know, he knows what the 49ers is. He knows what the logo is because I say it all the time, and he hears the podcast. And he thinks everybody has a podcast. When, he, when mommy goes to work, he thinks mommy's doing a podcast at work nice. it's really funny so oh, um awesome. <laughs> yeah but he he got excited about the bears the other day because i was watching that game with justin fields and one of his favorite cartoons has a bear in it so he got excited that there was a team about the bears so that's that's the level that young leo's on right now okay four or five years he'll probably be watching with daddy and those are memories i'll never forget and i'm glad they were there but they were also a little hard to do your job at times. Yes, absolutely. It's hard to take notes and pay attention to what's going on with the toddler scrambling around. But one thing he does love Nine to do is score touchdowns. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm discouraging him from being a running back, but he loves grabbing the football and he yells touchdown and he runs and jumps on the couch. So he's got that down. Short yard is That's back. A maybe. Start. To start. Maybe maybe he'll be like the Tom Brady type quarterback who's just really good from one yard out. Yeah, That's not bad. Yeah, I pretty much knew that. Um, scouting was more likely than playing for you know, <laughs> young Michael at an early age. That's probably not unlikely. Uh, judging by his <laughs> uh, his swing to more more baseball or golf maybe in his future than football, I'm guessing. There you go. Uh, one thing Mike was always into too, which I could absolutely see him pursuing, you know, kind of following in dad's footsteps, but something I never did is announcing games. You know, I, I, he has a remarkable memory all the Madden they play and just knows he knows every player in the league better than I do. I mean, in terms of what number they are, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he doesn't break down their skills the same way, but he, I could see him being in a booth someday. Uh, don't get me started with the numbers. I have no idea who I'm looking at half the time right now. Because I'm it's, terrible it's, about it's, that. I'm bad I already. I to bring it up. And it now there's like me. linebackers and tight ends and single digits. And I'm like, who the heck is that guy? And it's like, oh, I've, I've known that guy for 10 years. And now he's got some weird single digit number on. My mind just doesn't even work that way. I mean, I'm at Steeler practices, and I'm sometimes like, "What? Not, who, who are that guy again? He's a starter. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I know who everybody is, but jersey numbers to me, I don't pay attention to, and my son knows everyone in the league. 
and it's probably the thing it's the same type which i'm also not one of is like knowing all the face masks and knowing the helmet and what brand they're using and, and you know noticing oh, even man. when they have a visor on i just i don't really notice that kind of thing i notice when someone's got a big towel hanging off or you know sometimes you see a cleats combination or you know they've got you know with dion with the neck band it's got to be pretty out there for me to even notice it most of the time i'm the same way and um, it's crazy you brought this up because my son, I think he's cooled on it a little, but I guess this is a Madden feature. He knows every cleat that every player in the league wears, what gloves they have on, what face mask <laughs> yep. with a style of helmet and knows the names of them all. I don't know that. I mean, like there was a couple year stretch that he was too, actually was during COVID that he kept asking me, you know, how much do equipment managers make? You know, uh, you know, and I'm, I told him like, go to a college that you can, donate time washing jocks and picking up towels. And I think he's very in, involved in that. And when the world opens up, I might call a buddy down to pit and say, Hey, can I bring my son down just to see the equipment room? He'll lose his mind. <laughs> so a future equipment guy, if he doesn't make a, make it as a scout. Absolutely. Fantastic okay. stuff. We're out of time here, Matt. We got to get going. Uh, Patriots Eagles tonight. We'll have that broken down for you tomorrow and pick our favorite games for the rest of preseason week two right here. Peacock and Williamson.